Psalm 51, we're going to read 16 and 17. Thank you. All right. It's up on the screen. No, it's not. <laughs> it will be. Or you can just listen to me. All right. Psalm 51, verse 16 and 17 reads, You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. All right. So when I first found this verse, I thought, oh, it's good, it's good, it's good. And then it got to the part about, um, you know, the, the broken spirit and the broken and contrite heart. Contrite, for those of you who would like to know, that means um, showing remorse or, or wanting forgiveness. So that's what a contrite heart means. Um, but it was good, it's good, it's good. And then I read that and I was like, ooh. God, I don't want, I don't want to, like, share that, because that sounds kind of negative. Like, I'm not in a negative place. Like, I'm not, I don't have a broken spirit or a broken heart, you know? And so I tried to, like, find another verse, and, like, I couldn't. And so I went back to this, and I was like, God, like, speak to me. And then this is what he told me. He goes, that's how you came to me. You came to me with a, with a broken spirit and a contrite heart. That's how you came to me. And you worship the way you do because I've forgiven you. <laughs> and because you came to me with that broken spirit. And I said, oh, you right. So that reminds me of that, um, that parable that Jesus talked about, about the, the two guys that owed some guy money, like one owed like five bucks and the other one owed like 500 bucks, and how, you know, they were both forgiven of their debts, and the guy who owed 500 bucks was like, yeah, <laughs> like awesome, I love you, Jesus. <laughs> And I feel like the guy that Jesus forgave me of my $500 debt because, because just like, I lost my train of thought, I'll be honest with you. But anyways, like I felt like that guy, you know, like Jesus forgave me of a lot of things. And like, I am just so thankful that I found him that it just, it just causes this response in me, you know. I like amens too and like come ons, like that's really awesome. <laughs> um, so little side note, I don't know if we're gonna go, well yeah, we might. Um, I actually found this Psalm verse when I first read a verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 10:5. I mean, you can go there if you want, but I'm not holding you to it. I don't even have it bookmarked. Let's see if Meryl knows the Bible and where things are. Ah, I do. All right. <laughs> so in Hebrews 10, 5, it says, um, and we're talking about Christ here. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. So when I first read that, I was like, I, it's talking about Jesus and the body that he's going to sacrifice, but when I first read it, I thought, yes, God, like I have this body that I'm going to sacrifice for you. 
I'm not gonna like, not like, you know, literal like sacrifice, but like I have this sacrifice, or I have this body that I'm gonna sacrifice in worship to you. Like every part of me, like I'm going to give to you. Um, and you know who else did that? My home girl in Luke 7. So you can go there, because we might, we might hang out there for a while. But I, I'm gonna hang out there for a while. Luke 7. All right, Luke 7, verse 36 is where we're going to read from. And some of you might know this story. All right, let's go. Verse 36, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Hmm. Really, really good. So this woman came with her with her alabaster jar. And I don't know if you've ever seen an alabaster jar. I had to Google it. it they're, they're like pretty big. They're like, like the size of a vase. Can you imagine that filled with perfume? She got like the Costco version of perfume. And, and what, I, what I know about this and what I know about women's perfume back in the day and even like now, like it's a prized possession, right? Like. Like this, what I've heard, uh, this woman had to save like a, a whole year's like income to like buy this perfume. So it was like super special, right? Like, and, like think of those things that like you've saved up like a whole year. I don't even know if that's possible. Maybe if you're buying a house, but a whole year. She saved up and bought this alabaster jar of perfume. So it was really special to her, and it was a prized possession of hers. But um, like the verses say, this woman was living, or she was living a sinful life. She had some things in her closet. But she heard that Jesus was in town. And she heard that Jesus was having dinner at this Pharisee's house. So she was like, I gotta go. So she went, she didn't have an invitation, mind you. She was like, YOLO, you only live once. So she came to this, to this, uh, to this guy's house, and she had her alabaster jar of perfume, and she wanted to express herself to Jesus. And so what she did is she got on her knees. <laughs> she got on her knees, and she pulled her hair, and she poured out all of that perfume that she had saved all of her wages to buy. She poured it all out on Jesus' feet. And she, she was crying, and she let the tears pour down onto his feet. And she's just wiping his feet with her hair. And the guy, the Pharisee, was talking about her and saying, Jesus, do you know who she is? But that woman didn't care. She just kept right on. She just kept right on with what she was doing and washing his feet and kissing his feet. 
And in that, she didn't have to say a word. She didn't have to say a word. She was telling him, Jesus, I want you. I love you. Forgive me of my sins. I know I've been sinful. And as, and as her perfume was being poured out, a sweet aroma rose up to Jesus' nostrils. And he, and he bent down to her and said, you are forgiven of your sins. Hmm. This woman had no regard for, for what was going on around her. She didn't care what she looked like. Like, I'm sure my hair looks kind of funky right now, but I don't care. She didn't care. And, and Jesus took that. She, he, he took her worship and said, I forgive you. She came with her contrite heart and her broken spirit. And she brought herself to Jesus. And she offered all of herself, even her hair, as an expression of how she was feeling. When we express ourselves to God in new ways, we lift up this beautiful aroma to God. So there are two, sim or, yeah, two similarities in the stories of King David and this alabaster woman. I'm not going to call her a sinful woman because that's not who she is. That's not who she should be known as anymore. She is the alabaster woman, and that marks her. I'm not going to call her sinful woman. So there's two similarities in uh, King David's story and in the alabaster woman's story is that they did not care what people thought about them and how they worshipped God. And they also didn't stop despite like their environment that they were in. And that's how we should be inside the church and then outside where we live, where we should, you know, really be expressing Jesus. So th that's, that's kind of where I want to go now. I've talked a little bit about worship, and I'll come back to that later. But right now I'm going to talk about how we... As uh, I'm kind of tired, oh my gosh, I need to run more. Um, but how we can be or should be expressions of Jesus outside. Because I looked up the, the definition of expressions, which a lot of people I feel like are doing this round, and I give a nod to Danny for that because I know he likes to do that. Um, so one of the definitions that I found was an expression means a, rep a representation of something. So really, as expressions of Jesus, we are representations of him. So no matter what we do, where we go, we represent God. Amen. And then, you know, while I was, while I was um, planning this, working on this, I had this question pop into my head, and I was like, Jesus? How did you worship when you were here? Because at least I, I don't know like of any like Bible verses that say Jesus went to the temple, was like clapping his hands and like dancing around. Like I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But so I asked him, I was like, Jesus, like how did you worship when you were here on earth? And then he told me by what I did. 
So, I mean, and, it, and then um, in Isaiah 58, we're not going there. It talks a little bit about how we are expressions of Jesus through our love, through our encouragement, um, through healing that we can give, like all the good things, right? And so I want to, and this is a special part for me, I want to kind of segue into a little story because stories are always good. And this is my, my experience with being an expression of Jesus in my everyday life. So you guys are going to hear a story about a boy named Abel, who, not our Abel, a boy named Abel who I met in the hospital. His name's not really Abel. You guys don't get to know his real name for obvious reasons, um, but I'm gonna call him Abel. So last summer, I was still in nursing school and it was, during the summer we did our pediatrics rotation. And anyone who knows me knows that kids are not my specialty. That's a joke because I always say I don't like kids, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not called for that. So the, for like, when I started school I was like, oh my gosh, I really don't want to work with kids. Like, oh, please Jesus, please fix it. And then, um, so during the summer, I was like sweating. I was like, God, please let these next 10 weeks go by really, 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 really fast. And it's so funny that in my pediatrics rotation, um, my life was changed forever. I have to take a break because I might start crying too early. All right, so let me tell you about Abel. When I met Abel, I was in the um, pediatrics ICU. So already that sounds bad. I was in the pediatrics ICU. He was my one patient. I had one patient that day, it was him. He was a three-year-old boy. A three-year-old boy who um, they found a brain tumor in the back and it was in the part of the brain where it affects breathing and speech. And, um, but so when I saw him, when I saw him, he was, he was in his bed. You know, he's got all the tubes. He's got in his mouth and his nose and then in his stomach. And there was even a note that said, do not move the patient without the nurse because he was just so fragile. And um, I had like one job that day was to, to suction out um, all the extra mucus, is that, is that a nasty word for, I'm sorry, um, the phlegm that was um, accumulating in like his, his mouth and his nose and yada yada. Um, So, um, you know, throughout the day, I'm helping him out, and then, you know, his parents are there. And uh, this one time I go into the room, the, the parents, you know, we're, we're talking to Abel, and they're like, you know, honey, do you want to, like, listen to some music right now? And so the mom puts some music on, and it's, it's the band Wren Collective, 
And for those of you who don't know, we sing a couple of their songs, like the ones that go, build your kingdom here, let the darkness fear. Um, that bad. So they started playing it. And I kind of turned and I was like, is that Rent Collective? <laughs> and then um, the mom's like, yeah, like it's Abel's like favorite band. I was like, oh my gosh, I love that band. Um, and so after like that little encounter, I had this song from that band stuck in my head. It's called More Than Conquerors. Uh, for those of you who don't know the lyrics, I hope I don't watch this up. Um, it goes, uh, now I have Build Your Kingdom here stuck in my head. <laughs> oh, it goes, we are more than conquerors through Christ. You have overcome this world, this life. We will not bow to sin or to shame. We will, something, we will, uh, we are defiant in your name, you know, our Lord, our God, our conqueror. I'm sorry, you can look up the lyrics later. But I had those lyrics stuck in my head like the whole day and like something inside me was like, share that with the parents, share that with the parents. And I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know about that. Um, and, and eventually I was like, God, if you give me like the opportunity, then I will. Sure, and, and it, that's kind of like rare because, you know, as a student nurse, I'm not usually in the room like by myself with the patients a lot, you know, I'm always with the nurse. So sure enough, there's a moment where I'm alone with the parents. And I was like, well, I guess this is it. This is the moment that God gave me. So I, I share with them, you know, the lyrics, and then, you know, I'm just like encouraging them and, you know, praying and all that great stuff. And um, later on in the day, um, I still have like this feeling like, oh, I wanna, like, I wanna do more, you know? And I was like, I'm gonna write them a note. I'm gonna write them a note that maybe they can save and it's just gonna express like how, you know, I'm feeling about their situation, you know, encouraging them. So I write this like little note and they had gone off to uh, some procedure. And so I like sneak into like the room and like put it somewhere where I know they're gonna find it. And I was like, okay, I'm done. And then I feel like, I feel like looking back, like God was like, yeah, like that's not enough. And so it's towards the end of the day and um, the, the, the family actually comes back and I actually like I'm sitting there and, and then I see like the mom like reading the note and I'm like, oh my God, she's reading the note right now. She's gonna come out here and say something and I'm not ready for that. I left a note for a reason so I don't have to talk to them again. Like, oh Lord, I don't know why I was so nervous. <laughs> Like, I, looking back, like, I don't know why I was so nervous, you know? Um, God was teaching me something. Who knows? Um, so it's like, it's like five minutes till I'm supposed to leave. And I'm telling my nurse, you know, you know, I wish, like, that the family had gone away again. I don't know. I was like, I wish, like, they were here so I could at least just say bye, you know, just say bye, thank you, and then my nurse goes, oh, look, the mom's like right there, you can say bye to her right there, and I was like, oh, I wasn't that ready, so I see the mom in the hallway, and I was like, I just want to say bye, and like, thank you so much, and it was so nice to meet you, and, um, and you know, I'm praying for you, and she was like, thank you so much, you know, like, Abel, he just loves Jesus. He just loves Jesus so much. And I told her, 
Jesus loves him too. He wants him healed. You know, he, I don't, I forget what I'm saying, what I said, but you know, I'm saying all these things to the mom, you know, and, and I think I gave her a hug. I don't really remember, but um, it was the first time that I had ever like left the floor, like crying. Like I said bye to the mom and I was like, oh my God, like that was so beautiful. Jesus, like, please like help this little boy. He really did like make an impact on my life. Like I did not realize it. Like literally for like the next week, I was like, I'm gonna go into pediatrics. I'm gonna work with kids. And I've been, God gave me this sign. And then like a week later, I was like, nah, I don't know. (laughs) But what I wanna say about that meeting in the hallway is that I was able to express myself to that mother and share with her my heart despite what was going on around me because there are nurses there, there are, there are doctors. Some of them might not be believers. My nurse was right there, you know, but I, like in that moment, like I don't remember anything. Everything around me was like such a blur because I was in, I was in an encounter. Like Jesus, like had put this encounter together, and like when I'm in that, when I was in that encounter, nothing else mattered to me. Nothing else. So, like I was saying. This little boy, Abel, really made an impact on my life. Like when I felt like giving up in nursing school, I would actually think of him and think of how courageous he was. And he literally, literally helped me through nursing school. So fast forward, um, it was earlier this year, it was during a worship practice and Jessine Belen had told the worship directors, you know, pick two songs that you would like to sing, that you would like to lead. So the first one I picked was a Bethel song, of course, obviously. And then the second one, I was like, ah, more than conquerors. I would really like to lead that song in the name of Abel. (laughs) Hint, hint. (laughs) Um, So when, when I had that idea, Abel came back into my, ha- into my mind like hardcore. You know, I, I went to sleep that night like thinking about him and wondering how he was. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, man, I really want to know how he's doing. So I did what any, you know, red-blooded American would do. I Googled him. I don't know why, guys. I don't know what went through. Kevin, I don't know why you didn't stop me, but I like Googled him and I didn't know what, what am I gonna find, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. (laughs) But anyways, so I'm Googling him and then I see this website. And I was like, oh, that looks interesting. And I click on it and it's it's called like Able Updates. And I was like, Kevin, I think I found him. I think I found Able. And you know what that first like post that I clicked on? It was back in September. It was a post about his discharge from the hospital. Come on, like that's so good. Like here's perspective. Like I met him that summer in like late June or July. Granted, like he had been already in the hospital for like a month, I think. And then in September, he's going home. 
dude, from a brain tumor. Like, that's craziness. So I get really excited. I get really excited. So um, on this like website, you're, you, know, you can put like comments or whatever. And I was like about to write a comment. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble if someone finds this. <laughs> so there's, there, there's better yet. There's a link that you can email. And I was like, I'll just email him. So I get on the email, and I'm like introducing myself, like, hi, my name is Meryl Peralta. I'm a, I was a student nurse when I met your son. Um, we bonded over Ren Collective, you know? Like, um, so I'm, I'm pouring my heart out into this email. I'm expressing myself in this email. Um, and then I send it away thinking, like, they're never going to see this. Like, they're never going to check it. But sure enough, <laughs> two days later, I get an email back from the mom. And she's like, we remember you. Like, you made such an impact on us that day. It was so encouraging to have another believer, you know, there in that environment. Um, she also told me, every time we listen to More Than Conquerors, we think of you. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. God, you are amazing. But the point of my story is, is that if I had settled for, um, if I had settled for just, you know, writing the note, like, I mean, that's fine. I'm sure God would have used that. They say they kept the note, too, in, like, his little box of things. Like, that's fine. Um, but I feel like God wanted me to do more than that, you know, to really have this, like, face-to-face -face encounter and, and to... Uh, to just go beyond that, you know, and like do something like different. Like maybe that's why I was so nervous, because like I had maybe I'd never done that before. But like God had like put the steps in and I was all, not forced to do it, but it was just like right there in front of me. And I was like, it's now or never, I gotta do it, you know, when I'm faced with the mom in the hallway. But because of that, because um I feel that I was that I was, uh, what's that word? When you follow rules? Obedient. When I was obedient to him calling me to do something, awesome things happened. And I'm not saying like that, like that encounter like caused him to like, you know, be like, you know, healed from like his brain tumor. I'm saying like because of that, like now I get to be a part of this story. Now I get to share with you all this story and encourage you in this way and that's that's all I'm saying. So I'm really thankful to God for that little boy. I mean, <sighs> all right. So now I'm going to talk about some practical things. I'm going back to worship now because I, I hope you've been encouraged, you know, at least so far to go out and do something different and to to um, be an expression of Jesus, you know. What does Jesus look like out there? So we're going to talk about a few things. Um, and really, worship should be about honesty, not settling and taking risks. Not settling and taking risks are kind of the same thing, but you know what I mean. Expressions. Expressions are the, the physical representations of what we're feeling on the inside. That's all they are. 
So, like my note or my email to the parents of Abel, that was my expressions of how I was feeling on the inside, but like, let's talk about worship, right? So if I'm feeling happy, I'm gonna do a little dance, right? Because I'm super happy. If I'm sad, I'm gonna cry. If I'm feeling like I want to show reverence, then I'm on my knees. They're just, these expressions are just physical representations of what's already going on in the inside. Whatever you're feeling, like allow Holy Spirit to, to guide your movements. You know, like sometimes I'm like getting up and down a lot, but like sometimes, you know, like I'm worshiping and I'm like in this, I'm like in this weird like, like dance, like I'm sure you've seen this. <laughs> Like, I'm in this weird dance, and, like, sometimes I even, like, I start to think about it, and I'm like, man, this probably looks, like, really weird. <laughs> and God's like, it's okay, keep going. And I'm like, okay. So I just keep going because, you know, I feel like it's like, it's like Holy Spirit is in this dance with me, and he's leading the dance, and, like, I just feel him so much inside of me that he's literally, like, like, like he's making my movements go this way and that. And it's like he's circulating in my body and making me do things. And I'm just like, God, like I have fully surrendered to you, so I'm just going to do it. Like whatever, you know, like I don't care if I look funny. Yeah. Let's talk about something fun. This, let's talk about barefoot worship. I feel like that's what you guys are all waiting for, huh? <laughs> I will. <laughs> so I think I just snorted. I'm so sorry. Um, so we'll talk about barefoot worship. I have not always worshipped this way. The first time I saw someone uh, sing worship barefoot was Jen Johnson, my girl Jen Johnson. And I was at a Jesus Culture conference yeah, okay. Jesus Culture Conference, and I remember her walking out on stage with, like, no shoes on, and I was like, <gasps> oh, my God, you can do that. That's crazy. You know, it, and I was talking with Cynthia, and, you know, she was saying, you know, maybe sometimes we have these preconceived notions of what worship looks like, you know, like, and there's like nothing wrong, like if you do that, there's like nothing wrong with that, right? But <laughs> I'm not hating, I promise. Um, but when she like stepped out on stage, like it really like opened my eyes, you know, like to what was possible in worship. And ju like just how like, you know, you, you, we look. So what I did is that I took the risk. And at our first atmosphere, I was like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try taking off my shoes and singing worship barefoot. And Kevin was like, yeah, go try it. And I was like, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to go. And so I did. And um, there is just something, like, so freeing about that. Because, look, if you know me, uh, one, I don't like kids. And two, I don't like shoes. So, I mean, this is before I was even Christian, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just always barefoot. Like, if you've come to my apartment, like, I take off my shoes. Like, I don't wear, sh like, no. Like, the only place I will wear shoes is in the hospital because that's nasty. 
But even at like my old job, like I would like take off my shoes and like walk around and people are like, that's gross. And I'm like, I don't care. It's carpet at least, you know? Um, but so like that's me, like being barefoot, like that's me. And so I feel like I bring that here to church, you know, when I'm worshiping God. Like, God, like this is me, this is who I am, like I'm just gonna do it, you know. And so I encourage you, like whatever like that is like for you in your life, like do it. Like, you know, like if you know I'm not gonna dance again. <laughs> but like, you know, if you like to, you know, dance like this, you know, why not? Right? Because if you do it like in the club and out there, like why don't do it here? God is fun, y'all. Like he's fun and he and and just being yourself, there's just something so like <laughs> there's something so freeing about that. So I'm gonna do an exercise. Everyone take off your shoes. Just kidding. Um I once had a friend, one of my best friends, her name's Ivy. Uh, she, we were talking to another friend of ours, and Ivy posed this question, and Kevin kind of said it a little today, but if, if Jesus, like Jesus, not like invisible Jesus, but like real Jesus, like the God you can see, like if he were like right in front of you, like standing right in front of you today, like how would you respond? You know, and that that really like struck with me because I was like, man, if God was right here in front of me, I'd be like, oh my God, Jesus! Oh my God, I love you so much! Oh my God, I love you! Like I all like inhibition would like go out the window because because Jesus is standing right here in front of me, and I'm like. I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm pumped up. Jesus, you're right here. <laughs> and, and like, we've talked about connection a lot with Danny's um, session on prayer and then in the worship session. Really, it really is about connection because when, man, in worship, I'm just so connected with him that I really do start to like, see open visions of Jesus, you know, and I'm just like, oh my God, Jesus, like you're right here. Yes, you really are, I love you so much. And my body just like follows what my heart is already feeling. I really wanna challenge you, me, all of us to go, go deeper in our worship, you know, break the boundaries of what worship looks like in church. Um, Jair, can you put up that picture? Look, okay. See the upper right corner? That ugly face worship picture? <laughs> It's actually not as bad as some other ones I've seen of myself, but in that ugly face worship, I don't know, there's like nothing else in this room. Like in that moment, I am so in tune with God, I'm so connected with him that everything else is just like a blur. You know, like I was saying, um, like my environment is gone because I'm, I feel like I'm in heaven and I'm worshiping and I'm expressing myself. You could take it off, Jair, thank you. So look, right now I'm gonna challenge everyone, I really am. And I really wanna encourage you to take risks. So I'm gonna explain 
I'm gonna have us do an exercise. A worship exercise. Are you guys ready? And in this exercise, I want you to go to the next level in your worship. I want you to step out of your box and do something that you have not done before. And we always say this, you know, but I really want you to. I really want to encourage you. I promise you, you're not gonna look as funny as me. So you have that, like you don't have to worry about that. You're not gonna look funnier than I do. So I'm gonna give you like a few ways that maybe you could um, express yourself. You can lie down on the floor, on the floor or on the chairs. I've done both, you know, whatever's comfortable for you. You can lie down. You can raise your hands high, you know, maybe you've always kind of kept them here, but you can go high. And this reminds me, like when we do this, like it, all, it reminds me of um, like little babies, you know, when they want their, their parent, and they're like, mama, papa, like that. Like I, 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 I get reminded of that. You can open your eyes. <laughs> And this is part of those like preconceived notions because when I first became Christian, I thought like you had to like sing worship songs with your eyes closed. So, <laughs> so at my old church, like I remember like, like raising my hands and like singing and I'd be like, our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Because I thought like you had to like close your eyes for some reason. So if that's you, like if you never open your eyes during worship, like I would encourage you to do so. And there's something awesome about that because you can literally see Holy Spirit moving and that in itself is an inspiration. Um, you could shout out loud. Oh, some people already do that. <laughs> But you can shout, but not like shouting for shouting's sake and to be loud, you know, but really if you're feeling it like in your gut, like, yeah, then do that. Um, and maybe you're not there yet either. Maybe you're like, oh, I can't do that. Maybe even just saying things out loud, you know, maybe you've, you've always been like the type of person to just kind of, you know, which is, I'm telling you, like, God listens to you, like, if you're silent and speaking in your head or, like, if you're out loud. Um, but, like, speaking it and, like, using your voice, like, there's something so different about that. And, um, and it's like when you're with your friends, like, you don't speak to them, like, mind to mind, right? You're not like, hey, Johnny, what's up? Mm, good to know. <laughs> um, you know, and, and God is our friend, you know, and like just to hear like the voice that he's given you and, and I do, I do yoga, um, online, um, and like the teachers, like we have these like mantras or sayings that we sometimes do like, I deserve or I am worthy. <laughs> um, and she's always like, if you're brave enough, say it out loud. And I'm like, I'm worthy. Like, it's weird, but, like, it feels good, kind of. So, like, if that's you and, like, that's, like, that's, like, where you're, you know, that's you being outside the box, like, do that. So, um, I really want you to focus and connect with God. Like, really connect with God. Like, try to, like, everyone else, like, shut them out. You know, what, the environment that's going around you, like, shut it out. Um, 
and really connect with God and like don't wait for other people like if like it's silent and you're like I really want to shout out right now do it do it like I encourage you like I'm telling you once you take the risk like it's so liberating you know it's like yeah so liberating um do what spirit moves you to do if you need help focus on god's goodness in your life because if you just do that if you're like god you are good you are good god you gave me a new job god you you got me through nursing school god like you gave me a great family god you gave me a good hood like if you start like doing that like trust me like you you're you will begin to respond and like let it flow you know if it starts to get loud and then it gets quiet that doesn't mean we're done it it doesn't like let it go you know like don't don't let like you know what's happening like stop but you guys want to know the kicker of this exercise i'm so nervous there's going to be no worship music what? <laughs> no worship music, no band. Jair's not going to play a song on the computer. This is going to be us as children of God raising our God-given voices to give him praise. Because we always say it like, we don't need the music. But let's try it. Right? <laughs> Some of you guys are probably really scared, but that's okay. Listen, no one's going to make fun of anyone, you know? They're not going to be like, oh, my God, you got really weird. What were you doing? No, no one's going to do This is worship, guys. This is worship. <laughs> and listen. This is for me, too, because sometimes, like, I can use, like, the, the band, like, as a, as a crutch, right? And not to say that the band is bad, right? Like, I love the drums, I love the guitars, like, I love the piano, like, I love everything, but, um, and, and, like, it ministers to me, you know what I mean? But, like, sometimes, like, I feel like I've used it as a crutch. Like, if it's really loud in here, I'm like, yeah, I can scream out really loud because no one's going to hear me because Pancho's playing, like, super loud. Like, keep playing, Pancho. But, you know, I don't want us to use that as a crutch. Like, we need to be, like, excited, like, with whatever, you know, is going on. So there's going to be no music, okay? Get comfortable, you know, like, just wherever Holy Spirit leads you, I'm going I'm to I'm release you. I'm going to talk us through it a little bit, you know, get us going a little bit, but get comfortable. Like, I'm literally going to, like, lie down right here. Do something different. <laughs> God is here, man. <laughs> God is here. Think of the goodness that he's given you in your life. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. 
We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.